people of the world, welcome back to Gab with Gwen podcast. This is your girl, Gwen. This is not an emergency episode, but I'll call it a timely episode. Uh, I woke up today is Sunday, September 20th, and I said, oh, let me go edit some of the old episodes that are in my queue that I need to release, and I'm behind schedule. But of course, then I had the itch to record something new, which is how I end up end up behind schedule, okay? Apologies. Forgive me because this is my pattern. So everyone by now has heard that the late, great Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away on Friday, the 18th of September on Rosh Hashanah. May she rest in eternal peace. Wonderful woman leader, set so many strides and did so much that was helpful for America as a country, as a democracy, etc. And it was a blow. It was a blow. Like, ooh, that hurt. But at the same token, I've spoken about her and Supreme Court and the importance of it. Some I've discussed that on the episode. I think it might be 51 called Don't Listen to Celebrities. Please listen to that episode because I don't need to get into why the Supreme Court is so important. What I want to focus on is why people are like, oh my God, what are we going to do now? I've had people DM saying, Gwen, what do you think? What are we going to do now? And I said, you know, Gwen is tired because y'all don't listen. And it's hard having the gift of critical thinking and foresight and strategy. It's hard. And I'm not picking myself up, but I'm telling you it's actually lonely because people don't have it because common sense is not that common. So I'm confused as to why people are now stressed and feel scrambling over 87-year-old woman who, who has been struggling and battling with cancer and been sick off and on for years now and being shocked like oh my goodness now there are all these conservatives going to be conservative majority on the supreme court well duh yes captain obvious what do you think was going to happen she doesn't have eternal life she's not a superhero life doesn't last for infinity she's 87 the writing was on the wall the clock is ticking hello and so they're like well what do you do now i said well look Before I talk about what you do now, I think we got to look back in retrospect. I posted on Instagram that Republicans play chess while Democrats play checkers. And that's facts. So before I talk about what we do now, you should be like, well, what should you have been done? Okay, what you've already done in the past? Because if someone's 87 years old, and yes, a Supreme Court justice is a position for life. But 10 years ago, under President Obama, she was 77. So the T and what no one wants to say, and it's hard, and and I'm not trying to malign the dead, but I also just want to talk about strategy, right? The Democrats are not strategic. It is everyone is trying to be idealist and run by the rah-rah like a pep rally, but politics are like business. And you need to have a business plan in place. And so the Democrats seemingly never have a business plan in place. And the Republicans always do. And your business plan has to have contingency factors, right? There are going to be times where for your business continuity is going to be impacted by certain losses like COVID. Like you can't speak COVID, but there can be certain things. And so you always need to account for that in your business plan. Like you can't have a plan that's, well, first of all, you shouldn't have no plan, which I honestly feel like the Democrats have no plan ever. And, or a plan that's very short term, right? So 
the Republicans are in it for the long haul, very much like China, actually. And the Democrats are honestly, I think, maybe too much into the American ideals, which is very short term, uh, never look at the long term, kind of Wall Street, kind of quarter by quarter, not really looking at the long term longevity. And that's very problematic because if you are lucky enough by the grace of God to continue to live, then it's a long haul. All right. And for you, especially in a nation where there have been many strides over the last 50, 60 years that have been pivotal and have changed society, if you're talking about Brown versus the board, um, I'm Topeka, sorry, I can't speak today, but, you know, against segregation in schools, right? That being a pivotal thing of like desegregation. If we're talking about Roe versus Wade, the right to legally have abortion, if we're talking about uh, marriage equality, which is, you know, kind of very recent in our lifetimes that's happened, if we're talking about immigration rights, if we're talking about the Civil Rights Act, if we're talking about hell, women's suffrage, if we go back, if you're talking about like last hundred years or so, things that have been very pivotal that have really been moving the needle in society, then you need to understand that the way our country set up is that there is a party that does want things to be of yesteryear where it was lever to beaver and white majority and very little diversity. And diversity is not just black and white. It just means where we're talking about religious freedom, when we're talking about immigrants' rights, when we're talking about LGBT right? We're talking about all these things. Uh, anti-conservative in that level, it tends to be is Republican. And then more middle of the road and more progressive is the Democratic side. So if you want to uphold those values and continue to move the needle, you have to be strategic about how to do so. And so you cannot have the hubris, excessive pride to say, okay, well, Obama won. And so then it was guaranteed that Hillary won. Like that wasn't going to be guaranteed. You have to strike while the iron is hot. And that is what the Republicans have been doing, and they're also in it for the long haul. So now when they have Senate majority, they have a Republican president, and now they're going to leverage that to get the ultimate goal, which is probably the most important one, is the Supreme Court justices being majority conservative as well. Then that has long-lasting effects on the country, way beyond these lifetime jobs in the presidential term limits. And so that's the long haul con that Democrats don't understand. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you hot takes and this is why I sell titles. This podcast is never gonna blow up because I have to say things that people don't like to hear on both sides. And I'm never gonna just tote party lines. I'm just gonna do things to me that require critical thinking. So if I'm I'm gonna criticize both sides right now, let's talk about longer term impacts. Let's something I wanna talk about Amazon right now. So in the midst of COVID, Amazon is winning like motherfucker. In the midst of COVID, Amazon is the MVP. Jeff Bezos, his wife took a bunch of money in the divorce and he's made it up two, threefolds because of COVID. Not, not that he knew COVID was going to happen, but just the business model works, right? And a couple of years ago, Amazon wanted to come and have a corporate office in New York. Do y'all remember that? In New York City, in Queens. And... You had AOC and them saying, no, we don't want that, blah, blah, blah. And I was confused as to why, but we need jobs. 
Do y'all not know how America works? We need jobs, including New York needs jobs. Always going to drive up the cost of living? Okay. Well, now fast forward to 2020 with unemployment rates high and blah, blah, blah. You don't think New York would be in a better position as well right now? If there were Amazon uh, headquarters or corporate office in New York City right now? I'm just saying. But people want to operate in politics on ideals. And politics are not about ideals. Politics are business. Everything is business. I'm pretty sure I have an episode entitled Everything is Business. Or Everything's Political and Everything is Business. I think with Everything's Political is the title. Another good episode, actually, I think, with Tiff. And... Y'all don't get it. And so you want to watch Sesame Street and Disney and think that you can play with your Fisher-Price toys and that's how society works and politics works. Politics is politics. It's all about tricking, baby. And Democrats seem to not get that. And it's just like this is, you're playing a losing game all the time and then you're shocked like, ah, you know, it's like the meme pretends to be shocked. Are we serious right now? So I say all that to say that the Democrats are fucked up and constantly fucking up. And I don't like being on a losing team. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to go on the Republican side. It doesn't mean I want to do that. I'm going to get to where I'm, I'm told you I need to do a retrospective before we talk about what needs to happen going forward. So always being shocked and unprepared and not strategic and not even being tactical, just being idealistic with no damn real plans to execute or operationalize or measure success always puts these Democrats at a disadvantage. Okay, it really does. And so I'm not maligning RBG. But in retrospect, 10 years ago, she was 77 years old. Would it not have made sense to step down, bow out graciously, gracefully, have President Obama appoint a new, at least moderate judge, if not liberal judge, to replace you. And yes, don't tell me, oh, we don't know. People can die any time. It could have been a young person who died and same thing could have happened. That's true. But let me tell you one thing I do know is that people don't live forever. And so when you're in your late 70s and 80s, you do need to be really cognizant of your mortality. And I'm sure... She felt so conflicted in her own deathbed and her own, you know, last probably four years here, very conflicted, because I think there were just a lot of assumptions here, like, oh, maybe you could do it under the first female president, blah, blah, blah. You can't, you can't move like that. You can't move like that. It's just not. And I'm not criticizing her. You know, listen, last two days, some people who never heard of her didn't know what she did. Now all saying, RIP, I've talked about her on this podcast. I can tell you. Before my niece was even born, and she's in kindergarten until she's five, I, you know, I love to get my niece and nephew gifts, you know, and books and stuff like that. I already got little elementary school books, like, you know, children's books on RBG. She was one of them I had. Are you kidding me? Listen, for real, RBG, not y'all saying notorious RBG, but those initials are very powerful. People affectionately call her notorious RBG after notorious B.I.G., which you guys all know is my favorite rapper. But RBG, also the red, black, and green flag from Marcus Garvey for Pan-Africanism. Okay, very symbolic. RBG, great hip-hop album from Dead Press, Revolutionary But Gangster. So when I think of RBG, it's usually in the terms of uh, Revolutionary But Gangster because it's like, you know, 
my hip hop era in terms of the golden age, but also obviously RBG, which is not her, but Marcus Garveyism and Pan Africanism. So all that to say, very powerful initials, a woman who's had such a great impact and is revered and rightfully so should be revered. But you know, we're not all without fault in hindsight is 2020. But if we're being strategic, that was not the right thing to do. And listen, you again, it's a lifetime position. So it would have to be her decision, right? You have to respect the person's wishes, right? So it has to be your decision. So I, you know, now to ask, you know, on your deathbed that, you know, you wish someone won't be installed, that's idealistic. That's idealistic. I mean, come on. That's not what's going to happen. And and strategically, the Republicans are doing the right thing for their party. Like, let's get them in, right? That's what they're going to do. may not be the right thing for their country, but they think what they're doing is right. So we're going to have to swallow that and eat that because you should not be now all shook, shaken up and shaking your knees and like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Bro. What were you doing and what were you thinking about 10 years ago and how are you thinking about the future of the country? And this 2020 is a reckoning. It is such the reckoning. If y'all can't see it, I don't know what else to tell you. It's such a reckoning where the, the truth gets revealed layer by layer. The ugly truths, the hidden truths, it's just literally everything's being revealed, hence revelations, okay? And the lack of preparedness. And, you know, I made a comment, you know, you guys know I lost power in August. And I I think I had a rant about Con Edison in New York and New York not being prepared since Hurricane Sandy in 2012. Well, this is the same thing now. Like the Democratic Party has, is not is ill prepared. And you can see that the Republicans are. And so... Honestly, a dream without preparation is just insanity. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just insanity. All of this stuff of like, oh, you guys have ideals, but you don't want to put any work and operationalize it and plans to put it in place for it to work and be executed and be effective. It's a waste of time. And that's what you see with the Democratic Party. So it's, it's, it's silly. So in retrospect, that's part of the problem. Now... The Republicans are going to take advantage. And that's that's just facts. And you have to eat those facts. That's what you have to eat that. And so you could go protest and blah, blah, blah. But the, the law's on their side. So, okay, go do that. So that's cute, right? And, and so I want to point that out. And then the next thing I want to point out before I talk about what can be done or what I think, you know, going forward, go forward plan is as a society, we need to really reflect on... Who should be leading at what time? Who is representative of society and the norms and should be making decisions and leading at all levels of government? And I'm not even saying Republican or Democrat, but my when I'm looking at this and I'm reflecting on this and that this, you could call it the comedy of errors, or you could say this perfect storm that's occurred and that's coming to light in fruition in 2020 of the reckoning and the revelations. I say, hold on, how is it that we've allowed our country to be ruled by septuagenarians and octogenarians, people in their 70s and 80s? Is that the wave? Is that the right way to go? And it's not, to me, it's not age discrimination. I do think I don't want my country ruled by 18 to 30-year-olds either. That's true. I don't want that either. That's facts. But... 
my parents are in their 70s. I'm in my 30s. My parents are in their 70s. And we, we've talked about it. Donald Trump is too old. Joe Biden's too old. Sorry, I love you, RBG. But you were too old too. And why are we actually okay with that? Why are we not okay with age limits? Right? You can't be five years old and voting. You need to be an adult to vote. You have to be an adult to drink. And I think it's just not infinite, right? Life is not infinite. And even in your adulthood, it doesn't mean that you should be the one who is the captain of the team and leading the race, leading the charge when you're in your 70s and 80s. And it's not to detract from their wisdom because I don't come from a culture that puts old people in nursing homes. Okay, let me say that straight up. I don't come from a, a culture that disrespects older people. I talk about my parents all the time on this podcast. I'm very close with my parents. I respect them. I love them. They're friends. I know them very well. I text with their friends. Their cousins are older. You know, we, we talk. I have the utmost respect and love older people and find that you can learn a lot. I talk about my grandmother who's 95, right? And I love hearing her stories and learning about what life was like for her growing up, okay? But I also think there is, we do need to look at who is leading the charge. Is it representative of the country in the future to have septuagenarians and octogenarians leading the country? Because I think it is not, okay? I don't think it's, I don't think it is. And I think it also is confusing and illogical to expect and put this pressure on young people ages 18 to 35 or 18 to 45 even to go out and vote and your youth vote counts and all this stuff counts. But you have people who they can't even relate to whose lives are completely different. If you have people who are 18 to 25, like their parents and some of their grandparents are in their 50s and 60s, like they don't even understand people. They may not even know anyone who's in their 70s and 80s, straight up. And just the life and the way society has accelerated, it's so different. And I'm not saying that the youth are the only demographic that matter. I'm not saying that at all. But I also think that when you get to a certain age, that you should really, and I'm going to say 70, honestly, I'm going to say 70. If you want to push it out a little bit to 75, fine. But I'm going to say 70 is a good cutoff. That you really... And I, and I know, like, well, Social Security, people, we're going to be working to our 70s. I get that. And you're saying, oh, people live longer. Yeah, but you live longer, but you're not running marathons and being great. Like, you have health issues and stuff when you get older because the human body is just, you know, not designed to live together. We're not robots. We're not machines. So you should also be able to live with dignity and still contribute. And I think probably in an advisory level, right? So you could be the coach because you got, you know, you got skills and you have things together. But do you need to be the leader do you need to be the president is that appropriate i don't think it's appropriate and this is controversial but i don't think it's appropriate just like i think when you're older the the driver's license limit probably there, there does need to be a l- limit to when you're driving <laughs> and look at my mom and they have friends who are like 85 86 driving and i'm like oh okay and I know they need to and you want your independence but I get scared for them and I'm like I don't know and yes it can be a medical exam etc but your reflexes are slower all these things it's like we also have a hubris and this same 
excessive pride where we have this youth obsessed culture where we don't want to age gracefully, want to hold on, but then you're also holding on to your own detriment. And I also think that it's a reckoning as to how do we have the choices are Trump and Joe Biden? Like, what are we holding on to that you got 75 plus old president potential candidates talking about ruling the country for the next four years? How sway? How sway? Who has, as a person who has parents in this age group, I'm saying how sway, who is very well tapped into this age group, okay? I'm saying how sway. Baby boomers, you know, this is teetering past the baby boomers to the generation before that, which I don't know if they were called the veterans or the silent generation, whatever. You know, this is the World War II generation you're talking about. Um, when, you know, you're getting up there. These are the ones who are designing the future of the country right now? In 2020, in the era of TikTok and WhatsApp and whatever else, like, this is a disconnect. Like, it doesn't even make any sense to me. You know, and then when young, younger people are disenfranchised, especially you're talking about 18-year-olds to 25-year-olds, they're disenfranchised. How do you expect them to connect or be able to understand or relate or feel like these people have their future in mind? Their lives are completely different. These will be their great-grandparents. I mean, how, Sway? How? It just doesn't make any sense. So... We need to be reflective and really understand the error of our ways. Like, that's the that's what I really, the whole point of me even doing this today, which I didn't want to do today. I was like, uh, I'm going to get canceled. People don't like it. And I, I'm not trying to get canceled. Honestly, look, this is not a big podcast with a bunch of listeners. That's not even my intention. This is my own little 2020 th- therapeutic thing just to have like, yo, I feel like I'm on social media. I hear people and it's like extreme left, extreme right, talking heads, blah, blah, blah. Or like super ignorant, you know, a bunch of people who have no education or no common sense who just want to flap their gums and don't have anything of relevance to say. And I just wanted, honestly, to have clear, coherent thought processes that are not clouded by tribalism or factionism or anything. Just like just being like, yo, I'm just trying to do what, see what is actually right, what makes sense for the broader, the grand scheme of things, right? That That's all. That's all. That's all this is. And to do so, you have to be reflective too. And I focus on reflection here because we need to look at the error of our ways. The Democrats, the error of your ways. Why? What happened there? And I know, look, it's her decision at the end of the day because a lifetime position. So I know we can't change that, but I don't think we should be cool with a position that's lifetime. What, what job is a lifetime position? Like, how is that even a thing? Because I'm telling you, somebody, especially if you don't step down and you don't have the wherewithal or whatever it might be, where you feel like, oh, I'm going to do it later or it's going to be in these terms. Life doesn't always turn out like that, right? So, so, you know, limits are actually important. Boundaries are important. And it's not to discriminate against the elderly because I do believe there is a place. But I think we also have to understand our limits and understand the broader impact it will have. And so I think this, unfortunately, was a misstep. And so for her to say now, well, she hopes that her greatest wish, her most fervent wish is for for there not to be someone to replace her until the new president is installed. Well, that's also ideal because who's to say there's going to be a new president installed? Who's to say he's not going to win again, which I've been saying the whole time? Like, 
this ideal thing on the liberal or progressive or democratic side is the detriment. I'm sorry. It's wrong. And I'm not saying to not have ideals. I want to be careful of what I'm saying. This because I believe in the principles and a lot of the principles, right? Uh, I'm very progressive just in general. However, I believe that you have to work within the parameters and understand the structure of the system you're in and use it to your advantage. And that cannot be done on a hope and a prayer and a dream and an ideal. It's not working. It's not working for you. And that's what you see happening. And you see the people who are actually following the rules, abiding by the system, manipulating the system in their favor are winning at the Republicans straight up. And they're technically winning by playing the damn rules. So we are too short-sighted and not looking for the long con, looking for the long game. And now, you know, oh my God, what? Well, this is a bet that was made. This is the bed, and we we unfortunately do have to lie in it. And this is the bed we have to lie in. And so that was not popular what I said, but it's two two things I said. And those are two separate issues. I want to be clear. The one thing is, okay, in retrospect, and if you had the foresight, and I've said this before, she should have retired a long time ago. She said, step down because tomorrow's not promised. Democratic president is not promised. And here we are, right? It can only be changed so often. So here we are. And the second thing, which is a separate thing, is that as a society, why are we so comfortable with much older people, elderly people leading the charge? Does that even make any sense? That doesn't make any sense to me. And again, I don't want super young people either. But I do think we need to just really think, you know, you can't be super young to be president number one. You can't. I, I forget. I forget. It's be 45. Um. You also shouldn't be able to be 75 either. <laughs> like, come on. Can we put an age range on some of this? I, I don't know. And you, you guys, look, you know, and it's not to throw it to pasture, but let's think about advisory roles. I do think older people need to be continuously incorporated into society, but I don't need you to be my boss and lead the strategy for the future. I don't think that makes any sense. Because this is a future that you're really not going to be a part of, if, you know, just because you're a human being. And it's no guarantee that I'm going to be a part of it, absolutely. But just the likelihood, if we just look at life from the beginning of time until now, you know, older people, hello. You're coming towards the end of your life, the golden years. So, psh, yo, that's where we are, the reckoning. We're in the reckoning. So this is way long. Oh, my God, this is way longer than I thought it was going to be. So I just want to wrap this up. To, to like, Gwen, what do we do now? What do we do now? Look. You have to be prepared for the things that have been fought for for the last 60 years to start to be dismantled. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have a positive ending to this. You need to be prepared for that because the Republicans are absolutely going to take advantage of their right to do so, to appoint someone in there. They have the majority anyway, so Trump is going to do some conservative woman because he's going to say, oh, look, I had a woman. I, had, I put a broad in there, so shut up. <laughs> okay. And he's going to do that. And it'll be some awful conservative woman. That's what he's going to do. And we need to be prepared for things to be dismantled. So I think hold on for your seats. That's that's one. Secondly, we do have to vote, right? A lot of people don't want to vote for the reasons I've said above. And especially it's harder for younger people. It's like, why am I, why am I voting for these old people? Don't even make any sense. I get it. Uh, these people who can't relate, don't have any idea and are not aligned with your life or your principles or uh, your future. I get that too. But this vote, you have to vote like your life depends on it because it does. And also we need to ch ch vote because we need to change some of those Senate seats. And, uh, you know, aside from getting this trash out of the office, 
that's the next step, right? And the third thing I would say is people have to wake up and be more active. It is not good enough to retweet on Twitter, post on Instagram and Facebook and do group chats and think that you've contributed. Because awareness, I say this all the time, awareness, you cannot be a social justice warrior on the internet. Like that's silly. And so it's going to be about taking real action. We were talked about signing up to be a poll worker. If you're young, do so because elderly people will not be able to be in polls. You know, it's going to be about getting people together, driving them, socially distancing with masks and everything correctly, but getting people to actually vote or submit their absentee votes, even though, you know, I'm afraid of that, but to do that, you know, really doing the work. It's about stepping up. It's about going to your town hall meetings at your local jurisdiction and making your senators accountable and, and contacting them. It's really about that. It's about doing the groundwork. It's really, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be to put the pressure so that people start to be accountable for their positions in politics and stop just playing the politics they do all day. Because all they do is play politics. They don't care about the people. They in and they just play little games, run, rubbing each other's backs and washing each other's hands. And they don't care about the people at all. And so it's also, and I have to say this, it's also going to be more than protesting. Like protesting is one thing, but it's not the only thing. And I think people maybe feel like there's no precedent set, but that same little Google y'all use to, for whatever you look up and the way you can slide in DMs and the internet and stuff like that, use that same internet to use the Googles to understand what you can do and how you can find out who your local politicians are, who your local government agencies are and when the meetings are. And a lot of them are online these days. They're also virtual, so you can actually attend. You really need to make yourself heard and do your part and vote and be an active participant. And then just, and also I'm saying don't blindly follow like a AOC and all of that. Don't blindly follow that shit. I've already told you that. Don't do that. Because I don't think that's the right direction either. So those are the three things. One, be prepared for the dismantling. Be, be prepared for the dismantling of the progress, okay? Because... This is the bed we've made and we have to lie in it. And that's the facts because they will be appointing a conservative Republican and you're going to see the effects of that, the long-term effects of that when you have a majority conservative Supreme Court, which will outlast all of these people's lives, outlast all of their appointments. That's what you're going to see. So that's facts. And so you need to buckle up for that and however that looks for you. That was for you. I got my own plans, which I'm not going to state on here, but I got my own plans because I'm off this straight up. Two, you need to vote. Okay, this election is really important. And it's not just important on the presidential side, but also the Senate. Y'all really need to vote. My God, you really get out there and vote. And then three, do your actual part actionable things to take action and it's not just social media sharing and posts and texts and stuff like that and it's not just going out to protest it's more than that and it's really taking a stand and being vocal and actually making your politicians accountable for the people those are the three things so this short non-emergency yet timely episode are Gwen's feelings about 
the whole RBG situation, which I understand are controversial when I said some of those things. But if, I think if you are a fair-minded person, you'll see that there's a lot of merit to what I said. She's a wonderful woman, and I respect her wholly and appreciate her wholly and have always been a fan of her. But I also think that we also need to be careful about being strategic. And if you're being strategic, then she should have retired 10 years ago and she needs to step down. And she didn't. And we're in this situation, right? Because you cannot make assumptions that you're going to win. And I'm, I'm going to tell you guys again, don't make an assumption and November 3rd that we're going to win. Listen, I'm dreading November 3rd. I'll tell you that I'm dreading it. I will be out there voting, but I'm dreading it. Look, the chips have to fall where they may. And you're going to have to be strong. And, and don't be shocked every time and surprised with your pretend shock face. This this is the bad week. This is what it is. So if you have not been paying attention, look, the wake-up call is a little bit late, but it's time to wake up. So that's all Gwen got to say about that. That's on that. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're socially distancing. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're registered to vote. I hope you're, ta- hoping you're taking care of yourselves. I will try my best to edit some of my old podcast episodes. Also, I will, I'm hoping within the next couple of weeks to start recording the episodes about Black Earth Rising, because I told you I do want to start doing bonus episodes again with Miss Trinity and Miss Samantha, who has been here in a long time. Uh, I also need to rewatch it. And so look forward to that. And we're just going to hang in there for this ride of 2020, because I'm telling y'all, Gwen also going to tell you, if you think 2020 is a hard ride, 2021 going to be worse. So take care of yourselves. Stay blessed. Stay positive, And we're going to make it. Peace. <laughs>